Good morning. I wonder what it is about this season that you love the most, if there's anything. <laughs> I want you to do something. I just want you to turn to someone, uh, or even on your own, just sit there and think for a moment, and then wonder and, and, and ask yourself that question: What's my favourite thing in this season? Give it a try. Now. <laughs> I wonder what you were sharing. I'm curious what it is. You tell me later. <laughs> One of the, the things that our family loves to do, and we actually did it just yesterday, which made me think of this, is we pull out the boxes from the, the storage up in our roof space and we dust them off. There you do that. And you start pulling out the decorations, but one... There's, there's a set of decorations above all else that I find the most encouraging and that I love to pull out, and it's the, nati- the, the nativity, you can see there. Willow Creek sponsored the sermon today. <laughs> the willow, yeah, we've got the willow, the set of those little willow carved sets, and we put them out there. Um, last year also we received this little wooden thing that you wind up, and it's a tiny little nativity. And it plays music. It's like a music box. But it has a little magnet. And you have this little character. It's a little angel with a star on a wagon that it's towing. And it, it does little circles around the nativity as it plays music. And it's wonderful like today, yesterday. Give it a few days because Josiah loves it now. And even this morning I left with him screaming because Beck had put him down in a place where he couldn't see it. All right, So we're going to get sick of that melody. But... But I love pulling out the, the nativity set. And there's something about it because of what they, they represent. And the nativity, I'm not sure if you have one, but they're, they're beautiful ornaments. But they represent a real-life drama. And as you pull them out, they're caricatures of this story that we often tell at this time of the year. You know, I'm reminded that they were real people. They were people going about their everyday lives. They were, they were shepherds looking after sheep. They were wise men studying. You know, they were a, a young woman about to be married, sort of in, engaged, looking forward to being engaged, looking forward to a wedding. Sound familiar, anyone here? <laughs> There's another couple here I know getting married soon. They were going about their everyday lives and all of a sudden... In the midst of their everyday lives, this amazing moment happens that changes everything. Real people with likes and dislikes, people with real pains, real joys, people who have this amazing encounter with this baby in a manger and whose lives will never be the same. So over this next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the actual characters who encounter Jesus and this baby Jesus. 
We're going to look at how their encounter with baby Jesus changes them and will forever shape the course of history. Today we're going to start somewhere that might seem a little odd because it's not at the start of the story, but I think it sets a wonderful foundation for some of the themes that emerge throughout this story. We're going to be looking at two people. And can I, I'm going to put it out there, I'm going to just test this one. I'm almost going to bet, I'm not a betting man, but (laughs) that these two characters are not in your nativity set. If they are, let me know. Does Simeon and Anna make your nativity set? No? Probably not. They're not often thought about. Two prophets who are part of this story in Luke. And it's an amazing part of the story. And I wanted to start our season today looking at the lives of these two people. We find their story in Luke chapter 2 from verse 25. We're going to read it together. It says this. At that time, pause, at what time? Like I said, we're not starting at the beginning. Actually, we're starting almost towards the end. The whole story has happened. Jesus has been born and on his eighth day, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple to be blessed. And so this is where we find ourselves. Mary and Joseph are taking their their newborn little child to the temple to go and do what normal Jewish people would do. They would take him to be circumcised and to be named. And he's given the name Jesus. And it's this it's in this place where at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. And so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God that many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, the prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years and then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night worshipping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna, two prophets and we see them and we find this story at the temple. What an amazing story it is. 
Simeon is, is introduced first. And we're told that he is a devout man. He's, he's righteous. And he's been eagerly awaiting the Messiah. And that's no small line. Because the Jewish people had been waiting for their promised Messiah for hundreds of years. No doubt he would have been known in his communities. Oh, there goes Simeon. Still going on about the Messiah. Still going. Yet yeah, we know it's going to happen. We know, but he's still going on. Oh, here's Simeon. Let's let's move. He was he was known for. He had this eagerness in his spirit to wait for the Messiah. And we told, we're told that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And in our context, that might seem common. But the Holy Spirit was poured out on all people after Jesus Christ ascended to his Father. And the Holy Spirit would come and, and indwell, live in the lives of those who would give their lives to Jesus Christ. But this is before then. When that line is said, this is a unique instance where the Holy Spirit is doing a special work in the life of this man. And so here we find a very special individual on whom the Holy Spirit rested. This is, this is a unique person. And because of that, we're told, the Holy Spirit leads him to the temple. So he wakes up that morning. He has his wheat bix. I'm not sure what they would have had. <laughs> okay, maybe oats. <laughs> He's going about his daily routine and the Holy Spirit prompts him, go to the temple. Today is going to be a day like no other. And could you imagine? He's been waiting for this moment his whole life because the Holy Spirit had also shown him that he would see the Messiah before he died. And so every day of his life he would be waking up saying, is this the day, is this the moment? Nope. Is this the day, is this the moment? Nope. Is this the... You get the picture. But this day would be the day. And so he gets up, could you imagine, with excitement, I would say. He rushes off to the temple and he gets there before Mary and Joseph arrive. And as they come, he recognizes them. He takes the baby in his arms. I'm guessing the parents knew who he was. A little odd. A stranger coming up and just take he, he takes the child and he bursts out into song. If you look in your in your Bible, you'll notice that the the way the text is written changes. The formatting changes. That's for a reason. And in this instance, it's because the words he shared have been written into a hymn. And Jewish and the Israel people would continue to sing his words. He bursts out into song. He's he's so excited. And in the midst of this, his song is this blessing. It's a blessing over the parents. And it's a blessing over this child. And in the midst of that, in the midst of Simeon holding this child and giving praise to God, here comes Anna. We know that she's a prophet because it tells us. She's called the prophet and we know her backstory. We know that she's a widow. She was married for seven years. Her husband passed away. And so she spent the rest of her days, she's now 84 years old. She spent the rest of her days going to the temple day in, day out, praying and fasting as a way to praise God. And on this day, and on this special day, she comes and she sees Simeon. I'm sure they knew each other. They were both prophets. She sees Simeon holding this child. She comes on over 
and hears his words and recognizes this child as the Messiah. And we're told that she bursts into song and starts praising God. I wonder if this is the first ever recorded musical. (laughs) She just starts singing. She can't contain herself either. She starts praising him. She takes the child also. And all we're told is that she went around starting to tell people about this child. And isn't that one of those moments where you'd love to be a fly on the wall? You'd love to be there? Because my brain does this. I want to know what she said. We heard what Simeon said. But what did she say? It reminds me of John 21:25. Right at the, the end of the Gospel of John, uh, John, he writes, Jesus did many things. If they were all written down, the world could not contain the books that were written. Isn't that an amazing passage? The world could not contain the books. And here's one of these unknown moments where she's sharing these amazing words full of joy, full of praise. In the midst of their stories, we witness some amazing truths that can encourage ours today. First, we see God's promise fulfilled Simeon was given this word from God that he would see this child before he dies, before his very death. Now, we don't know how long he had to wait. We're not even told how old Simeon is, as we are told about Anna. But we get a sense from his answer that he has been waiting for a very long time because his response when he finally sees Jesus is, this is so amazing, now I can die. Sounds a little odd. Sounds almost a little bit morbid. <laughs> Have you ever had a really good meat pie or like, you know, your mum's cooking or grandma's cooking and you eat it and you were so content that life, you're, you're happy. You could go right there and then. Life has lived up to everything that you could have imagined. <laughs> Simeon is saying, I am content beyond measure. Lord, you have kept your word. I have been waiting for this very moment. I have lived my life for this moment. Now that it is here, I can go to be with God. There's joy. There's this this absolute praise written all over what he is saying. Content beyond measure. He had waited patiently for years and God was faithful. In this Christmas season... My prayer for you is that you will know this, that our God is faithful. I'm not sure if you've been waiting on him for years in regards to certain things. But I want you to know as you go in the busyness and in the rush that God is with you and that his promises will prevail. I want you to be reminded That as you look at this baby child and as we celebrate this baby child, that Jesus is a fulfillment of a promise that God gave to his people hundreds of years before. And he was faithful. And he will be faithful to you too. I pray that as you go, whatever your situation, and maybe it's trying, maybe you're in a difficult place, be reminded that God's promises will be fulfilled. He is with you. 
as you remember the birth of Jesus, may it remind you that God's word will always come to pass. Always. We also see this. We see Jesus' very purpose revealed. The context is quite important here. Because Jesus was coming to be blessed and to be named. Mary and Joseph were bringing him and this was the time and place where they would formally stamp a name on the child. Although we're also shown that his name was prophesied, so they didn't really have a choice. They still came to bless to bless Jesus and to give him his name before the community of God's people so everybody would see and know him for who he is. And we don't really have traditions like this in Australia in regards to, to naming. It sort of just happens, I can remember, with both Noah and Josiah. We sort of made some, you know, we had a few ideas, but it was almost in the delivery. They're like, oh, Josiah, you thought it was there. We had to choose on the spot. We don't have any really formal traditions, but I was watching One Born Every Minute. Anybody has seen this show before? Yep. One of Beck's favourite. You either enjoy it or suffer through it. Okay? It's, it's a, it follows the journey of young couples coming into hospitals and they have cameras and they actually show the birth. They blur out all the inappropriate parts. And they actually show the, the, the mother and the father going through this, this joyful ordeal. <laughs> Beck loves it, and oh, you know, I love her. So, <laughs> I'm there. But we were watching an episode the other night, and they were following the life of, of an African family. And they celebrated not only the birth, but they went to afterwards, because this family had a tradition, and they... The tradition was simply this, that the child wasn't named uh, when it was first born, but the mother has a, a month, a pe- sorry, a, a period of a month to rest and to recoup and to restore her, her strength and her energy. And after that time, all the family comes over. Now, I know many mums say a month. That's not long ago. Not lo- long enough, sorry, to recoup. But all the family come over. They put on this big feast, this big celebration, and they have a naming they announce the name of the child there to all of the family, to all of the community, who then burst out into celebration. And they, they bless, they encourage, they affirm the parents. And in a sense, this is one of these types of naming traditions. Jesus has come, Mary and Joseph have come with their little child Jesus to name him and to bless him. And so they come before the community to, to stamp a name on this child so the whole name would know who he is. And so it's interesting that two prophets come and not only speak into his name but into his identity. His name, for, his name that's given is simply not, you know, for birth certificate's sake. The prophets that come reveal to us who this person is in his naming ceremony. We come to, be, to see who Jesus is and he is revealed to us. And Simeon paints a picture of Jesus, which is fascinating. Simeon comes and in his song he declares that this baby would be no ordinary child. He shares that this child would be salvation for all people. He declares that this child would be the Messiah they have waited for for decades. 
He reveals that he will, his child will be a light to reveal God to the nations. The glory of Israel. Someone who will cause many to fall and many to rise. Declares that this child would be a sign from God and that many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then he gives a really striking word to Mary. He says, in your very soul will be pissed. Speaking of the anguish that she would suffer as she would see her son be nailed to a cross. Now, as I read all of those, you might be sitting here going, yep, heard those, know that. <laughs> but the people hearing would have just seen a child and then heard this, these prophets come and share these words over him and go, what? this is the Messiah, this is the chosen one. And the thing we can do today is look at all of these prophecies and you can tick them all off because they were all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And it encourages us. Tick. Tick. It encourages us to know that this Jesus is the very Son of God. All of these prophecies came to fulfilment. Can you imagine? Put yourself in the feet of Mary and Joseph for, for a moment. Now, they've, they've carried a child in a very miraculous way. And if there was anyone that knew that this child was a gift from God, it was them. Probably more so Joseph and Mary in the way this child was conceived, a virgin birth. They knew. Angels had come to them to share who this child was. And yet in this public place, it's declared to the whole community who this child was. Mary and Joseph, it says they were amazed because they knew. But here's someone affirming all that they knew. I find this amazing about how God works. When God puts something on your heart, when God calls you to do something, he brings about people to encourage you and to affirm you, to speak into your life. For Mary and Joseph, could you imagine how much it would have encouraged them to know that this is truly from God? being affirmed now publicly from these other prophets. For our own journey and in your own life, I want to encourage you to know this, that God will affirm you too as you walk with him. It may not be a prophet, Simeon or Anna, but I've found as you walk with God and as you're praying and you're seeking to hear from him, sometimes God puts a word on your heart or a promise and it's not being fulfilled. And years later, it's still not being fulfilled. But along that journey, I've discovered God will bring people to just speak into your life and into that situation. People who have no idea about what you're going through or what God has placed on your heart. He'll bring them to encourage you and to lift your spirit so that you can go on. Can you imagine how much it would have encouraged Mary and Joseph? I want you to know that our God will encourage you as you walk with him too. You see, this child was no ordinary child. Not just a little decoration in our nativity set. Not just a story that we tell every year. Beauty and the Beast was on last night. Anyone here? Now, I did watch that because I don't mind it. (laughs) Beck loves it. Come to not mind it. (laughs) And it's a musical. But we can relegate stories like Easter and Christmas to being just one of the many of the Disney classics. 
We've heard it so many times and it's been told so many times that it can be easy in this season to just go through the motion again like it's one of the classics. But it's not. We need to remind ourselves that this child was real. That this child is the very child, the very son of God. A true story that changed the lives of those who witnessed it and which has the power to change our lives today if we so let it. This very child makes it possible for us to know God himself. The very purpose that Jesus came. And I love this, this, this final element in the midst of this. I love the response of Simeon and Anna. And I've shared it, how they, they've just burst out. They couldn't help themselves. Have you, have you had a, I need to sing this out moment? Yeah. Oh, just me. What is this? Come on. Thank you, Catherine. That does not surprise me. Catherine, you sing everything. <laughs> there are moments in our lives that just need to be sung, that just need to be praised. I've got Tina nodding here. Yeah, my praise buddy. You know, right here. Praises God, she can't help it. It just bursts out of her. <laughs> and in this place, Simeon and Anna are just praising God with all that they have. It was like nothing else mattered. They lost complete control in that moment and just praise God with all that they had. And so I want to ask you, is this a season for you to praise? burst out <laughs> oh guess who that was hey wait no sing it and then we'll know who it was it was Catherine <laughs> good work oh this season don't let it just be another another one of the many another notch on the belt I pray that this season will will touch something new in your spirit that will allow you to praise God in a new way as you see this tiny baby in a manger, you'll come to realise who he really is. Not a nativity decoration, but as Simeon and Anna declared, the very Son of God come to change the world. I pray that that truth will do something inside of you. Make you want to hug people. That's for Grant. He doesn't like hugging people. I pray that it will challenge you. It will help you grow. There's no greater reason to celebrate. Honestly, if you cannot celebrate in this season, maybe you can say the same words as Simeon, take me now, Lord, dead, I may as well be dead. But the opposite. See, this is the, the greatest thing we could possibly ever celebrate. And Christians, Christians, we have a ticket on joy. If there's any reason to be joyful, we have the reason. So no matter what life brings... The Holy Spirit who lives in us, our God who is with us, brings us through all things and gives us a deep and inner peace and joy no matter what the season is. So I pray that you'll find a new sense of praise this year. A lot of Baptists here. It's my background too. Man, a little charismatic Pentecostal flavour enter your Christmas season. Praise God with abandon, not worrying about what people think of you. 
God didn't worry about what people thought. He came to give his life to save many. (laughs) The smallest thing we can do is to burst out in surrender (laughs) and abandon in praise. I'm not sure what that looks like for you. Maybe that means singing a little louder. Maybe that means lifting a hand to give praise to God. Maybe it means something during the week and it just means praying more. It just means starting each and every day giving thanks to God for who he is. But in this season, I want to encourage you to take the time to pause and praise. Pause and praise. In the midst of everything else, as everything else is filling your minds with all the things that you have to do, pause and give praise to God. In the morning, be it in the night, be it here as we come together, take time to praise God for who he is because that's the very reason for the season. (laughs) It has to be said once. There's no other moment that deserves so much praise. Praise him. May peace, praise and joy be yours this season. Pray that you walk with your held. Your held. Got excited. I pray that you walk with your head held high. <laughs> Not caught up in everything else that detracts us. But I pray that you can walk with your held head held high. Try say that one a few times. <laughs> with your eyes lifted to him praising him in all that you do. By presence with praise. (laughs) Cook dinner with praise. Prepare the house with praise. (laughs) Dress the kids in praise. (laughs) Give praise to God in everything in this season.